Chasing the Yield. My name's Kevin Bay. Oh, I just dropped a uh, retractable mini plug cable. Sorry for that. Anyway, it's Chasing the Yield. My name's Kevin Bay. Episode number 43 for March 7, 2022. And the world, again, <laughs> the world is still on fire. What the heck, man? It seems like since 2016, uh, since Trump got elected, we have just been on this massive roller coaster ride of nonstop, I wouldn't say thrills, I'd say chills. And today is no exception. Russia continues its invasion into Ukraine, and, and uh, the world has moved. Well, I guess not the world. The Western world has moved um, almost in unison against Russia. Uh, but before I get to that, all that fun, uh, reminder, this is a value for value podcast. That means that I depend on you for any donations to keep this little podcast going. Thank you for everybody who has already donated and um, if you'd like to, you can go to the website, chasingtheyield.com. There's a, ro- a red donate button on the website and on the show notes page. Um, you can also um, stream Bitcoin micropayments. I, you know, I always pause when I talk about this because I've never come up with a good, solid rap that makes sense about it. I know how to do it. I do it myself. But I don't know. I've just never been good at explaining how this works. But it is uh, you, you can stream Bitcoin micropayments using a new podcast app, our modern podcast app, um, Fountain.fm. If you go to that um, website, um, they have a really nice app um, with a wallet in there that you can put uh, some Bitcoin on and um, stream Satoshi's, the um, fraction of a Bitcoin, to your favorite podcaster. And you can also do what's called a boostagram, where you can actually put a message in with your donation. That is um, sure to get your message read by the host, your favorite host. And if you go to um, newpodcastapps.com, you go to um, podcasting um, podcastindex.org, and you can search for um, value for value enabled podcasts, and you might find something that you like. So onward to the crisis of the week. Russia continues... And the markets are just been, they've just been a roller coaster ride. And t- this today is no, no different. The Dow is down right now 1.72%. The S&P is down 2.09%. The NASDAQ is down 2.41%. Let me get this on screen. Hold on. Sorry about that. And then as I scroll through the Wall Street Journal headlines uh, about the latest in Ukraine... Here's a little rundown. The U.S. to send 500 more troops and refueling tankers to Europe. Putin's party urges the nationalization of operations of Western firms leaving Russia. International Judo Federation strips Putin of titles. Jeez. Danish power company Orsted signals frustration with long-term Gazprom contract. Thousands of Ukrainian and Russian sailors remain stuck in ports. War powers a surge 
in metals. U.S. investors stick to domestic bets because as if, as if the U.S. is stable right now. Germany, let's see, oh no, wheat finds new record high. And that is because, as we know now, as we learned, at least as I learned last week, uh, Ukraine is like the breadbasket of that area. Germany says it won't stop buying Russian energy despite Moscow's war in Ukraine, Biden to hold call with European leaders, share, okay, okay I'm getting into stuff that's older now, <clears throat> excuse me. So, while, you know, Russia killed COVID-19, took it right out of the news cycle, and while it was dying its own slow death, I think I'd rather have it back at this point, you know, uh, it to have our, our governments individually put the clamps down on us seems so quaint now to the world uh, having to respond to this Russian invasion and what they are doing. Not just to local economies now, uh, you know, the, the world economy. Well, I suppose COVID also, you know, pol COVID policies also killed world, the world economy. But this just feels so different with Russia talking about nationalizing operations. I just saw this headline just a couple minutes before uh, starting to record. Here's a little bit from that story. Russia should nationalize the operations of Western companies exiting the country in response to the war in Ukraine, a top official in Russia's dominant political party said on Monday. Uh, so it's just a guy talking, really. Such a move would help prevent job losses and maintain Russia's ability to produce. Blah, blah. This is an extreme measure, but we will not tolerate stabs in the back, and we will defend our people, Mr. Turchak said. Andre, Andre Turchak, Secretary of the General Council of the United Russia Party. This is a real war, not just against Russia as a whole, but against our citizens. And that's key right there. Um, and he, he goes on to say, we will take rough, tough retaliatory measures acting under the laws of wartime. Um, that little statement right there is kind of key. This is something that has not happened before in my lifetime that I ever recall. Now, I was a kid during the height of the Cold War during the 80s. And, you know, the Soviet Union and Russia was always viewed as an enemy. But we always made it a point to say that we don't have an argument with the Russian people. That our argument was mainly with their government and their, not just their style of government, but what the government did to their own people. But what are we doing right now um, with Visa, MasterCard pulling out, uh, American Express pulling out? You know, all the all the corporate boycotts of Russia, you know, all the different companies pulling out. I I don't see I mean, I don't I don't believe Putin cares about that. I don't believe the so called Russian oligarchs care about that. Um, they're in the positions they're you know, they're in uh because of the power they have and maybe the money they have. So the moves by Visa MasterCard and American Express or any other, you know, regular corporation that is pulled out of Russia, um, that's not hurting Putin and the oligarchs. That's hurting the average Russian citizen. 
And I don't know if that's a good idea. And I don't believe we've ever done that before. And I don't, I haven't heard anybody say that we don't have a problem with the Russian people, uh, which concerns me a bit, but uh, I suppose, you know, but it, it, the reason I mention it is that it, it's politics, but this has an effect on every anybody who holds a sizable portfolio in the stock markets or in, invests at all, because this really turns everything on its head, and nobody knows where this is going to go. And here's <clears throat> the story in the Wall Street Journal today. As oil prices surge above $130 a barrel, some members of a crude producers alliance called OPEC, some members of a crude, how about, called OPEC Plus, how about this, just say, uh, as oil prices surge above $130 a barrel, OPEC Plus say the rally is currently being driven by panic, not a demand. Oil prices hit a multi-year high on Monday, are high Monday on concerns about supply disruptions after Russia's invasion of Ukraine. The threat of a potential ban on imports of oil from Russia, one of the world's top oil and gas exporters, is fueling the rally higher. But the Saudi-led organization of, um, but OPEC Plus, jeez, why do they keep writing these things that way, is staying pat for now on production plans, according to some of its members. They say while prices have surged on supply concerns, there hasn't been any significant Russian disruption so far. As far as OPEC is concerned, there's a balance between demand and supply. So, you know, largely based on the conflict that's happening and um, the United States even talking about pulling out of buying Russian oil, you know, that that's only going to drive the cost, the price of oil higher, the price of gasoline, every, anything petroleum-based. And then what does that do down the line? Anything that is, anything, anytime the price of energy goes up, the price of everything goes up. Everything depends on energy. Everything runs on energy. And that is not going to matter whether we're talking about oil, natural gas, or coal, or, you know, or electricity, or nuclear. If the price of that energy goes up, the price of everything goes up. Gold prices surge above 2000 to highest level since 2020, which is only two years ago, so it's not that big a deal. But anyway, most actively traded gold f uh, futures for uh, delivery next month rallied above $2,000 to Troy Ounce on Monday before pairing their gains. They recently added 1.5% to trade around 1995.80. The recent spike in gold prices has helped the precious metal break out of a recent rut. As of Friday, gold prices... It climbed for 11 of the most recent 15 sessions. The last time gold consistently traded above 2,000 a troy ounce was in August 2020. Share buybacks on track for record amid market turbulence. The elevated activity shows that executives at many big U.S. corporations are undeterred by the market volatility this year and are taking advantage of the sell-off to buy their own company's stock. Russia's invasion of Ukraine has stoked turbulence across global markets, and helps send the S&P 500 down around 10% from its high. Many individual stocks have fared even worse during the recent sell-off. So stock buybacks are a problem in that it sort of creates an artificially high stock price. And as the, you know, if the market drops and Apple buys a whole ton of its own stock back, 
that shores up the, the price of the stock, not allowing it really to fall naturally. So that, you know, there is no increased demand for the stock that would keep the stock price high because the demand is created by the company itself. And there's been so much of that since um, stimulus payments have been have have gone to um, gone to everybody. And when the when the law was changed for uh, companies to be able to repatriate cash from overseas, now I'm not saying that's a bad thing. That was a good thing, but the use of that cash to buy back their own stock is a problem. You know, it doesn't really put it into into the economy, into use to spur more, more growth. Natural gas prices in Europe jumped a record high as war intensifies. Russian gas is still flowing through Ukraine in large quantities to customers in Europe. However, traders fear those supplies could be cut off as Russia intensifies its fighting and that Russian gas supplied via other pipeline routes may get disrupted by Western sanctions on Moscow. Alternatives such as liquefied natural gas from the U.S. would struggle to fill the hole left if Russian exports were removed and come at huge expense as Europe competes with other gas-consuming regions for scant supplies. So, hopefully, all I can say really is hopefully this thing does not continue much longer, that whatever objective Russia has in mind, um, either they reach it or they understand that they can't reach it and bring this thing to an end uh because i would really like some i mean after two years of covid madness and after four years before that of trump madness i really don't want to go through you know another couple of years of russia madness or say things get out of hand and out of control uh, which you just never know what's going to happen when a conflict erupts and the world responds to it you know that this conflict doesn't expand let's hope that doesn't happen uh so other than that news depressing as it is now you know i i don't have any real news surrounding my own portfolio even though i know companies like coca-cola and pepsi have been asked to um, pull out of Russia, you know, which companies that I invest in for uh, in both of them. Uh, because all last week we had some beautiful weather here. I'm in, I live in Northwest Georgia, um, just Northwest of, of Atlanta. And we had this, uh, one solid week of beautiful weather. And so I chose to do with that instead of staying glued to my computer, watching the news and blogging and uh, preparing this podcast. Instead, I was out working in the yard, getting some things done before the weather gets too hot here, because when it gets hot, it gets hot. Uh, You know, so I've I've been just pretty much outside, working in the yard, fixing, you know, my deck and planting plants and trying to get things uh, prepared for spring. This week's going to be raining, so I'll be able to be obsessive over the news again, at least for a week. But that's why I have no I have no real news about my own portfolio this week, even though I know some things happen, but I just haven't really been able to pay too much attention to it, and perhaps that's a good thing. Uh, in my portfolio last week, <clears throat> go figure, it was up one, uh, the low yield portfolio was up uh, 
1.09%, same for the month, and was down. it's still down 2.96% for the year. Medium yield portfolio was down 0.15% for the week and month, and it's down 1.73% for the year so far. The high yield portfolio was up half a, half a percent and for the week and the month, and is up 4.71% so far for the year. In uh, dividends received this week, or last week, sorry, uh, Archer Daniels Midland, ADM, paid $70.80. Black Hills paid $72.59. Pinnacle West paid $103.70. Fortis paid $84.87. PIMCO Income Fund paid $168.60. Sabra Healthcare paid $78.30. In dividend events, PIMCO Income Fund, these are all, all of these are in line with their fund's previous payout. Uh, PIMCO Income Fund, they announced their next dividend of, uh, this is great, 0.03902 cents per share. So uh, 3.902 cents per share. South Jersey, their next dividend of 31 cents per share. Verizon, their next dividend of 64 cents per share. Altria, their next dividend of ninety cents per share. Canadian Imperial Bank, their next dividend is a dollar sixty-one cents, a dollar sixty-one in Canadian dollars. Sorry, uh, per share. New Market Corporation, their next dividend of two dollars and ten cents per share. Owl Rock, their next dividend of thirty-one cents per share. Uh, as a reminder, this is a podcasting 2.0 compatible podcast. That means if you're listening to this podcast on a podcasting 2.0 compatible app, you'll have access to transcripts, chapters, chapter images that accompany each episode. Please go to newpodcastapps.com to download and support these independent apps. Go to podcastindex.org and support podcasting 2.0. A, rem- a reminder, and uh, one day I'll get this wrapped down. I don't know when it'll come, but one day. Uh, this is a value for value podcast, and um, uh, that means that you can <laughs> see it's never going to get better. I got to write this out better on on the website so I can just read it. Uh, with value for value, um, you can stream Bitcoin micropayments to your favorite podcaster as you listen. You know, and or you can send uh, different boosts. Boost! I forgot to use this whole thing. I got this all set up um, to your favorite podcaster, and sometimes you can send it as a boostogram, where you boost a certain amount of satoshis, and you can include a message to your favorite podcaster. I'm not a registered investment advisor, broker, or dealer. I may have positions in any financial instrument, product, or company mentioned on ChasingTheYield.com or on this podcast. Information provided on the website or the podcast is provided for information and entertainment purposes only and are not intended as as advice or a recommendation or an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any financial instrument. All opinions are based upon sources believed to be accurate and are provided in good faith. No warranty, representation, or guarantee expressed or implied is made as to the accuracy of the information contained herein. You can reach me if you want at uh, mail, M-A-I-L, at chasingdeal.com. If you can go to the website, there are links not just to my email address, but also to uh, Twitter and Facebook. Uh, so let's hope this whole thing comes to a close this week, and I just know it won't, but Let's hope that it does, and some, and we get some stabilization in the world because this kind of conflict is not good for anybody. So, 
here's to hoping we have a better a better week and that things settle down. So until then, I will talk to you next time. Bye-bye.